This is Radio Broccoli. Welcome to the SCT Hour. I'm Sarah Wright, Head of Fundraising for this great charity. The Skeletal Cancer Trust effectively does three things. Funds research, provides support and raises awareness of bone cancer. On this weekly show, I'm going to be interviewing all sorts of people, uh, people who are involved in the the care uh, of patients here at the RNOH, people who inspire us through their fundraising, will be in awe of patients who receive their treatment and go on to live full lives. Uh, If you're listening to this now, you can catch up with other shows that we've done on YouTube, um, as well as finding out more on our website, which is www.scatboneCancerTrust.com. Now, today we're going to be interviewing Billy Clark Shorten. Now, Billy is a really good friend of mine. I've known her for a long time, and she's the entire reason how I came to be involved in this great charity. So, I've been thinking about a song that really encapsulates everything to do with Billy and the amazing energy that she has and the, the, the charisma that she can bring into a room, which I think is why she's so successful at fundraising. And it has to be the most amazing song played at her wedding, the first dance, in fact. And you have to just imagine a whole room full of 30-something-year-olds completely going crazy at uh, supporting this amazing person and being involved in her wedding day and her sister not being there but being able to try in our best way to to bring the essence of Ellis into the room. It's Florence and the Machine, You've Got the Love. Sometimes I feel like throw my hands up in the air I need to see me through That was Florence and the Machine, You've Got the Love, here on Radio Broccoli. I'm Sarah Wright, and this is the SCT Hour. Later in the programme, I'll be telling you about all of the ways that you can get involved in fundraising. Somebody who has very successfully fundraised for us is Billy Clark Shorten, and she has raised a huge amount of money uh, for her sis- through her sister's charity, the Ellis Harriet Clark Foundation. And I'm really looking forward to telling you all about her work. Hi, I'm LBC's Steve Allen. You're listening to London's longest-running hospital radio station, Radio Broccoli. Get well soon. Call us now with your requests on 0208 954 I'm joined today by one of SCAT's most successful supporters. I should, at this point, declare my interest and say that Billy Clark Shorten is also one of my best friends and the reason why I work for this incredible charity. Billy's family have tirelessly fundraised money for SCAT through the Ellis Harriet Clark Foundation and have raised an incredible amount of money. a figure to be revealed later, I think, but keep you guessing. Today we're going to find out about what she's done, why she's been so successful, and why she continues to support us, and hear about her truly inspirational sister. 
I feel like we might have a lot to say, so I think we'll just go straight in for the interview. Go straight to the questions. Let's do it. Um, so welcome, Billy. Welcome to SCAT on Radio Thank you Broccoli. very much. Thank you. Can you tell us a little bit about how you came to be introduced to SCAT? Okay, so um, we are going back to when my little sister was 12 years old. Um, I think circa around 2012 was that? Yeah. And she had this lump on her leg and she was a real sporty little thing. So we just told her to not worry about it. And um, a week went past, it became more painful. Um, if, cutting a long story short, we ended up in the um, room with Miss Rob Pollock, who sadly told us that that lump was osteosarcoma. Um, clearly, he was not our favorite guy at the time. Um, we all walked out and thought that he'd got it all wrong and didn't really want to speak any further about him, but he turned out to be one of our heroes. And um, four years of treatment and ups and downs um, left us um, sadly without Ellis, but with a lot to remember and a lot to try and do something positive with. So, um, yeah, so we, after a while of getting to know Trish at SCAT um, and getting to know Rob over the years, we thought that it was an important um, important time to take forward and, and, and make something positive of losing my sister. And I think, you know, our friendship certainly uh, developed and, and cemented during this time. Absolutely, We, we were yeah. friends before um, Ellis was diagnosed, but I think, you know, hearing that this had ha was happening to you meant that we as friends stepped forward and said, you know, we want to be here and we want to help. And I don't know if Ellis wanted us to sit there talking about things that 20-something-year-olds talk about, and she's only 12, but we felt like we were trying to help and do something to, to I help think, her. And I think that's actually what gelled so many friendships during that time. I think at points like that you realise where your real friends are and you also lose friends, and that's okay. Yeah, um, I agree. It just You make better friendships of the ones you have. And the people that you really do want in your life start to shine through and um, become your heroes, really. Yeah. And I think we're going to have some music during our interview today. And I thought, actually, sometimes you go through an interview and you put the songs in sort of as we go. But I think there's a song that you've picked today that for people listening to this, not having had the amazing opportunity to know this little girl, I think this song is something that would really uh, give you a flavour of how vivacious and bubbly and fun this little person was. I don't know. I feel like everyone in the world knows that this song is Alice's song. I feel yeah. like if you're listening, I think that you would know it was just her song. Um, it strangely came from our dad and then it would come on at random times at random parties and we'd all rush to the dance floor, including Ellis, including friends, family, anyone who, who knew. So um, I think it's a really positive, happy song and loads of people know it. Um, it's ELO, Mr. Blue Sky. Well, I think I need to start by saying thank you to Radio Broccoli for allowing Billy and I to sit here and have 
four minutes or whatever it was to really reflect and think about this amazing, beautiful young girl because, you know, I met her um, when she was obviously much younger but really got to know her through her illness and I think that's a difficult time to get to know somebody because it's pulling out, you know, real extreme parts of their personalities and emotions going through that process and I think for me she was fun and so you know well liked and I know my husband now would come and see her in the hospital with me and she adored him she loved his energy and she would really pick up on that I think she was exceptionally strong for having to deal with what she had to deal with but I have to say and I mean stubborn in the most the best possible way if she didn't want to do something, <laughs> there wasn't much changing her mind on it. But she was a great little spark. I think she was brutally honest as well. Which, yes. Um, as a sister of hers, it must be in our genes. But um, having an illness um, and being surrounded by people that were thoroughly loyal to her gave her a little bit more room to be brutally honest. And get right. away with it. Yeah, I think you're right. You get <laughs> away I with it. I think she took that by the horns and um, and really went for it, especially with me. Um, I was just trying to think there about times to that reflect on Ellis as a person and as a sister for me. And I never forget the time that she came to watch me in a triathlon and um, I came second from last out of the water. And she literally booed me. And <laughs> And couldn't she covered her eyes? She was so horrified. <laughs> mortified. The fact that I had just meandered around a lake for the last twenty minutes trying to get to the end, um, and actually it was the thing that made me laugh the most because I knew that the the rest of the the uh, triathlon I'd be able to get through okay. It was just a swim that I was pretty weak on, and there she was just totally mocking me. Ashamed. Ashamed. I don't know her. Utterly ashamed, um, which I quite liked actually. Um, she was still there at the end. She didn't walk off, so she was loyal. Um, but yeah, she was the first to come up with a witty response to something, and um, I thoroughly appreciated that sharp, funny, um, honest little human in my life. But she'd also come out with things sometimes that I don't know. It would be like Auntie Janice coming out. Yeah, with Yeah, she was kind of old. I think that's because she was probably surrounded, obviously. She wasn't always ill. She was ill from the age of 12, but she was surrounded by older people, yeah, lots. adults. Yeah, who could be there a bit more and pop in after work and those things. And yeah. she immersed herself in that. Um, you know, in not that to life. give Janice's age away, but, you know, some sort of 60-year-old yeah. phrases coming out of a 13-year-old yeah. is amusing, especially yeah. if, you know, they're just a little bit cutting. It was yeah. quite, quite, quite yeah. fun. She was... Um, but she was, like you say, incredibly strong, um, but not afraid to be vulnerable too. So um, that I think that allowed her to connect with so many people around her, and including on the ward and out of the ward back at school. Um, she was happy to and wanted to live life and enjoy it and make the most of it. I don't think there were many days where, even when she was feeling awful, that she didn't get up and, and try and have a go. Um, and I think that's also a testament to you and her family around her because you weren't going to allow her to do that. You yeah. Know, you were really good at picking her up. Yeah, but also I think that's why she connected with Scout probably first out of all of us. 
um, because I remember Trish um, suggesting a 5K not that long after she'd had an operation. And I was kind of like, yeah, we could run it. Come on, let's run it. Let's do it and maybe set the bar a little bit too high. <laughs> um, and she just outright refused and ignored me, but said, I will do it. I will walk it. And luckily she had my mum on her side and um, and Trish with her kind, loving, soft ways as a fun head, fun, head of fundraising at the time managed to get her along and um, I admitted that we would have to walk it and um, it was a really great day and probably a huge challenge for her at the time after that operation Um, so I think yeah there were so many parts of her that were strong throughout and I think you know that's why you know talking about this amazing little person I would imagine that's where we came up with the Ellis Harriet Clark Foundation idea was we had to keep this energy yeah it was an injustice wasn't it it was an injustice not to do something in her name it was you to not keep her name alive for as long as we could or not to do something to reflect her all her hard work and the hard work of everyone around her rob pollock and Mm. all the team that are here and at other hospitals that she'd visited it was kind of we did have to do something to give something back and luckily i was in the position to have the friends that had supported her do everything within them to, to to make that happen as well. So that's where we all came together. Yeah. On numerous events, and that's it. I think it'd be really interesting for people listening to hear about the sort of events that we. Yeah. So you you organised and we did as we were told, and you know. Yeah. Got on with it. <laughs> well, no, I didn't actually. I remember Amy coming to me, another friend of ours, and saying right well, what are we going to do let's do a ball and I actually don't really like going to balls that much myself I like they are, they're fun but I'm, I'm not the biggest fan but um I thought yeah, okay well it was a bit of a driving force coming from my friends so who was I to stand in the way um and that ball actually turned out to be probably an, an incredible focus for us as a family um and an absolutely incredible fundraiser so um what did we do that in the May? What would have been her birthday? And at that point, you, you're you're running a risk. You know that these people have supported you in the past. You know you've got lots of friends and family, but you're you're needing to reach a wider audience. And by doing that, you're obviously spreading the word of this small charity that people hadn't heard of. But you're marking this incredible person that is no longer around, but you you want desperately to kind of keep talking about. Mm. And you're raising raising tons of money for those those charities. So, um, what, four hundred people? Yep. Five organisers. Pink. <laughs> it was extremely pink. Five organisers. No one got a penny. No one got paid a penny. And um, we beg, borrowed, and stealed from whoever we could. I remember I was in between um, finishing one job and starting the other and I had a month gardening leave between the two well, do you remember? Silly, wasn't it? And <laughs> you took up that you know managed to fill that yeah. time for me I definitely yeah. didn't sit around doing nothing so we put it in every ma- possible favour every possible and that's why we've favor. only done one <laughs> and that's it that's why there has only been one because nobody will allow us to ask there's nothing again. left in the pot um yeah but what was that over a hundred thousand pounds for yeah. that ball so it was worth it it and was one of the highlights of my life I yeah. think I think we did do her proud and um, and to have that elevated kind of sense of positivity at a time that is so negative and is so hard is a brilliant focus and um, I 
felt like we we maximized on that as I a family. I think that's exactly it. It was a tremendous focus. Hmm. It was something to really pull all of that emotion towards something really really positive. Yeah. And um, I think we all needed that. Yeah. And have her name right at the top of that. Yeah. And I, what I love, you know, and we'll talk about some of the other events you've done, is that this little girl's legacy brought an entire community together. It I really, really did. Yeah. Really did. I don't Billy think and I we're are being from, biased. I think it really did. It did. Yeah. We're from a county town of Hartford, and it just brought this entire town together for something really positive mm. it was and people want to help that's the other thing i think you don't know until those situations occur that people want to help and when you reach out to that that audience and the wider audience people do want to get involved and they do want to be part of it and they want to support you you know i yeah. always say this to people who are fundraising and whatever it is they're doing they go and go oh i'm worried i won't be able to reach the target and and i think people want to help you you people will want to support you mm naturally people do mm. and we saw the best of people we did yeah in those events You're right so the other one um that obviously we have to talk about um is the ellis 50 miler bike rides yes our oh, 50 milers <laughs> so we put on three yeah so um obviously the ball i loved doing but we couldn't keep doing that because there's only so much you can keep asking people to give yeah. up their life or their resources or their businesses or their pockets <laughs> um, so we needed something where it gave something back and gave people their own personal challenge and that, that's where the 50, Ellis 50 miler came in which is a 50 mile cycle ride around Hertfordshire um, I think the route was absolutely outstanding which we have to thank um, Darren for um, but it's all um, and, and Dean for sorry mentioning one person you've got to mention the others <laughs> mainly Dean for the route um but it was it was a well it was a total success wasn't it so we were hoping to sell possibly like 200 spaces yeah just get as many people on their bikes and get that feeling of enjoying a, a bike ride yeah and in the it meantime got me on a bike for the well for the first yeah. time since being a kid and in the meantime if we could get those people to raise maybe 50 quid each or something that would be great too so it was all exactly. about just getting that community that we touch base with back together and doing something positive. It was. So 500 people turned up on the day. I know. And there's all of us on that foggy, misty field in the morning. Panicking. Panicking in our tent. Do we know that route well enough? Yeah. Are we going to lose anyone? James has been out, checked the route, my husband many times the night before yeah driving it not cycling it yeah but even to drive it it takes 50 miles i know yeah so um and then obviously i had a baby four weeks early so she kind of distracted us slightly but we made it happen and 500 people turned up on that start line and the sun shone like you the most beautiful british day ever and um, everyone was thanking Ellis for the sunshine and we were and we all had our kits on we had matching yeah. kits and we were selling kits to people and um, and, and, the and, closed and road, see, the closed road was incredible yes and the cheering up that hill yeah right at the end and to see that many people achieving their own goals and raising money to support that that it felt like people we were almost giving something back to them as well as them giving something to us i think we were yeah and you know i've said to you i still get emails now from people saying please put on another I one know. please well, yeah maybe we will mm. i think if we can we'll... guarantee some sunshine 
That would be. Yeah, I can, yeah, yeah, can you make that happen. <laughs> but what, £54,000? I think we did that first one. Yep. And that felt pretty good. That felt amazing. And really felt like we'd achieved something with our day. Yeah, it did. Yeah. It had been a good day. And to see 500 people complete and have a waiting list of people afterwards. There was no way that we wouldn't be able to do a second one. So we did a second one. So we did a second one um, where the surgeons turned up. That's right, yeah. um, The rickshaw thing. The rickshaws. And we had teams of surgeons entering, competing against each other. We had people with baskets on the front with beers in. We had serious cyclists trying to get a PB of the year. Um, And to, to see that combination of people again on a beautiful sunny day and we were making that happen whilst giving money to charity felt good it was a good feeling and it it was also you know you say about relying on the goodwill of people but actually we had i think what was good about the route is we had so many people on every junction you know saying go that way but not only just pointing cheering cheering their hearts out i remember trish being on a roundabout on a dicey roundabout somewhere near the end and her just seeing her face and enthusiasm as we cycled past because i cycled it the first year oh it was just but I those people those again people. they were they had an invested interest and they wanted to make it a good day as much as we wanted to and some of those people i may not have even met before that day I know. but they'd heard about the charity yes. or they knew one of us and they were ha- happy to stand there in the sunshine with their little packed lunch and so cheer they their drove hearts around out with a packed lunch for everybody exactly yeah. and um i think that's why that those events were a success too because again we made this similar sort of um, profit or not in profit but income from that from that event too and people wanted to do the route they wanted the cheering that we provided yeah. they wanted our one-timed hill at the end yeah. despite it being horrendous we covered everything and then That's the last event work, we had hard work. seven over 700 yeah so we went from 500 to 600 in the second year and then the third year we did reach our our target of getting 700 sadly that sunshine did not come out that year (laughs) it made a bit of a difference it was so miserable but in a way it made it more of a challenge and um though i don't i think we got 550 so we had over 10 percent dropout which i don't blame those people for at all anyone listening it was okay (laughs) um but we did have a huge amount of people turning up come rain or shine and um, and making it happen again. And it still felt good at the end of that day. It really did. Um, I felt slightly bad on Ellis's name being up there in, <laughs> in the rain. But um, yeah, it was it was great. And again, I think we reached nearly £40,000 that year. It, so incredible. again, a very productive day. Definitely. Yeah. We did not waste our time. No. So during these epic bike rides, my husband James put together a video. Yes. And interestingly, I was just talking about this video today with another one of our friends, Kim, and we can't help but watch this video back and just, well, honestly cry, but in a really good way. I do too, it's such a feel good. Oh, it's a really good movie. He's so clever. So I don't like to say it to his face, but he really is really clever. Yeah, but he might listen to this. Okay. So the feel-good song that goes yes. with this video is what? Is Ben Howard, Keep Your Head Up. we listen to that now. Oh my God, it's good.
So I think at points in life you have these little magic moments and um, I remember listening to Ben Howard on the radio and thinking, God, this song's really good and all the words kind of really, I really kind of engage with and I get and it gives me so much strength and I can be driving in the car and I'll feel empowered by it. And um, it, the bike ride came and James would often put a video together and I thought, oh my God, I'd love it if he put that song on on the video but I won't ask him because he's already doing so much and he probably won't do a video this year and about a day later I got this video come through it was like he'd read my mind because it was to Ben Howard keep your head up and I thought you know sometimes magical things do happen and maybe there is something special out there fates aligned fates aligned exactly so that was Ben Howard keep your head up this is Radio Broccoli. You're listening to Sarah Wright from SCAT interviewing Billy Clark Shorten from the Ellis Harriet Clark Foundation. And then, of course, there's the Kilimanjaro yes. trip, which has so many um, wonderful too, moments, yeah. including meeting your husband. now husband. I know. How's that for fate? It is. Um, yeah. So um, at the time, a friend of mine from university was working at Phones for You and... Um, had suggested that we were a good charity to support being this tiny little charity um i didn't actually expect much to come from this um but about six months later she asked me for our passport details and i thought this is actually happening okay. we are going to be doing kilimanjaro supported by 40 other employees of phones for you and this is you and your mum my mum and myself yeah yep. and um they are going to pay for everything and raise what their target was, £250,000 for us. I mean, so, your jaw drops at this point. Yeah, that was above expectations. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> I like to aim high, but that was above <laughs> expectations. And um, thank goodness for Amy P, because she did put us in touch with them. And that that challenge did happen. It did. So 40 phones for you employees we're raising funds for our little charity. And I, I remember at the time when you finished and I said to you, you know, what was it like? And you you were like a broken person. <laughs> you just said, you know, forget marathons. For me, that was... That was the <sighs> hardest thing. Yeah. I think it might still be. Oh, a tap. It was, it was really hard. I think because you think of it as a walk, mm. you forget the conditions, you forget potential sleep deprivation from being mm. in a tent on yes. rocky, mountainous terrain um and it was really hard and so i now take my hat off to everybody who's do who's done killy and we all talk about the unspoken secrets about how it's much harder than anyone anticipates and the fitter you are actually the harder it is because you're struggling with altitude yeah it's not even about that yeah and um but it was a brilliant thing to do and again reach the whole new audience that we would never have I know that know. was incredible so to be able to spread that and and it, again a therapeutic event that got my mum and myself out there spreading Ellis's name yep. and making money for charity is a great thing at that time in our lives I bet so on top of all of these incredible fundraising days that we've done there your dad has also been been working behind the scenes working behind the scenes he? fundraising as well yeah pulling in all of his contacts he has um so tell us about the ellis golf days well they 
dad said I'm going to do a golf day and I have never played a round of golf in my life and um, it was not long after I'd had a little girl he was very premature so I felt like I'd done our bit to a, to a degree and I was happy for him just to, if he needed me to let me know but other than that I was just going to just kind of support from the sidelines because it gives him a great focus as well absolutely, absolutely. which which is our was, message here with all of these exactly it elevates you at a time when you are feeling at your lowest and clearly we probably didn't think about it in that way we, we didn't we were thinking about it in terms of raising money and doing something positive but actually it does there's a hugely therapeutic part to all of this and my dad created that as well for himself and you know we all did it in our own separate ways but well done my dad for getting out there and creating these golf days with his friends and mum and I would turn up and support and you know take money off of people and sell raffle tickets but other than that him Gavin Brad Vic Britton all got together every year for 10 years and made over a hundred thousand pounds during that time um most of those years were really beautiful days again so it was another excuse for a group of people to get together remembering one person and raising money for plenty of others and i i've said this before in, in interviews that i've done for radio broccoli but i think fundraising doesn't have to be you know just crawling through mud i say it, mm, it can no, absolutely yeah. be about getting together and having fun and yeah. that's certainly what i think the golf days were about you know it was again remembering yearly ellis and having the opportunity for us all to really indulge in that i think it's it was, that was our that. focus wasn't yeah. it but yeah. actually the wider audience they don't really know that person they they're coming along because they want to have a nice time. Yeah, exactly. And that's great that you're encou- we're, we're, people we're coming together to and you're raising good time. money exactly, just by creating the logistics to to make it happen. I think for me this year was my favourite year. Yeah, and we really you did and get involved, I, didn't we? Yeah, in that buggy, you driving the golf buggy, mm. us delivering the little food parcels of bread and butter pudding that your mum had made and individually wrapped to all these people just at a point I think where they needed something to eat Um, we were missing a a few things we could have had a gin and tonic with us maybe a um, shot of something it was good fun (laughs) a shot of something for future events for anyone else out there organising a golf day go out with a golf buggy and yeah absolutely (laughs) sell stuff yeah um so over the, the years, you've obviously, through the Ellis Harriet Clark Foundation, you've raised an awful lot of money. We've touched on some of the incredible figures that we've raised just for those events there. So what is it that you like about SCAT? What is it that you makes you want to support this particular charity? When we first started fundraising, we would split the um, fundraising between Teenage Cancer Trust and Skeletal Cancer Action Trust. Um, we did that because both charities were fundamental to Ellis's um, journey. Um, as time has gone by, we and time went by, we became so much closer to SCAT and to seeing how much they really do and how much every penny is put into the right direction. That's not to say that other charities don't do that, but the surgeons turn up for our events and we see how those surgeons work tirelessly to help other children like Ellis um, I think you as fundraisers both you and Trish you get in touch and you want to see these things done you want to see the research you want to see the results and 
it's something precious that other bigger charities sadly lose on their on their journey to becoming to becoming bigger um for us it's seeing that every penny we raise really does go into something worthwhile and go into making a difference and i think you're absolutely right and that's what i love about this charity is is again that kind of community feeling it always feels no matter how much we raise and we we should be so proud of the amount of money that we've raised mm. this charity is tiny but mm. all i always say it's small but mighty because it it just is a great charity but it's always people kind of buy into SCAT and they stay with them and they want mm. to support them and they want to continue to support them. Mm. And that's how I feel echoes through what you do and what we've done with Ellis Harriet Clark Foundation. It, it all resonates. It's all part of doing something together mm. for a really great cause. So, you know, I think it's it's a a great charity and thank you for it's funny how the fundraisers are so passionate about it too <laughs> I whereas i think you lose that as charities become bigger the staff sadly aren't always as engaged they are part of a big a bigger thing and um you at scout are you know allowed to be precious and allowed to put the time in and make change other people's lives along your journey of of, of raising funds so well done well, thank you, you for putting me in touch with Scott. It's great. Um, we've got time for one more song, and I have to hold my hands up now and say that actually on an interview that I did with Radio Broccoli uh, a while ago, I did also choose this song. Okay. Because it is Ellis, and it is everything to do with everything we've done. So... First of all, before we go into that song, I would like to say thank you so much um, from me personally for everything that you do for SCAT, uh, for introducing me to this charity, for letting me be a part of Ellis's life. On behalf of Mr Pollock, I know that he would echo everything I've said and more and say that he was so thrilled to have had the opportunity to get to know your family and to help Ellis along the way. And the rest of the Board of Trustees will all want to thank you for the incredible amount of money that you've raised, um, both you and your family and friends. Before we started this interview today, I had a, a great opportunity to take Billy along to the New Build Hospital. Amazing New Build Hospital. And amazing. And to show her the little plaque that's on the outside the children's ward. And on that plaque is... Ellis Harriet Clark Foundation and I am hugely proud of that and I think you should be too mm, all I of am. you uh, she was an incredible person but I think you're pretty amazing too so thank you thank you Sarah so our last song Billy is our last song is Queen Don't Stop Me Now just don't stop me <laughs> we couldn't stop her let's have it tonight I'm gonna have myself a real good time That was Queen, Don't Stop Me Now. I want to say a big thank you to Billy. I think it will have been very difficult to come in today and talk about Ellis, but we are so proud of this little person that we managed to have in our lives, even if it was only for 16 years. So thank you again, Billy. So bone cancer or sarcoma is rare. Uh, it can be aggressive. It's hard to diagnose. 
And because it's hard to diagnose, it can be quite devastating, as we've just heard. We're working hard to raise awareness, fund research into better diagnosis and into better treatments. There are a number of ways that you can get involved in this charity. We have a whole year calendar of great events and we also really try and promote people finding their own fundraising paths as well. So we have a team that we put into the London Landmarks Half Marathon each year. So we have 10 places there. Uh, a fantastic day. I, you'll hear all about, all about it in other shows, I'm sure. There's also the Thames Bridges Trek. That happens on the first weekend of September every year. We put a team of walkers in. We, we walk 25 kilometres from West London to East London, over 16 of London's iconic bridges. It's an absolutely great day out. Not only do you get to fundraise for the charity, you also get to walk with a whole load of other people and we laugh our way across this course. So I really can't recommend that enough. If you're a keen cyclist, we have a number of uh, cycling events that you can get involved in. There's the London to Brighton, which is just basically a must for everybody who has a bike. It's a rite of passage. And if you don't have a bike and you want a reason to buy one, this is it. We've got the London to Paris, the Vietnam to Cambodia, London to Amsterdam. And these are various dates throughout the year. Um, we encourage people to enter a team even so you can fundraise and still have fun. I think that's part of my motto really. Um, as I say, we're always open to hearing about other fundraising ideas. We've had people give up chocolate for a month, which actually is more difficult than it sounds. Um, we've had people donate their birthday money. As I said, marathons, half marathons, crawling through mud. Uh, we've had people cut their hair, grow moustaches, uh, walking events, cycling events, rowing, swimming, hosting dinner parties. I mean, what's there's nothing more fun than that. And you get to fundraise at the same time. We have a lady who runs a tabletop stall at a local event, and that's a great way of just steadily fundraising for us throughout the year. We've had golf days. Um, this year we're going to be selling Christmas cards as well, so get in touch on our website if you'd like to support us that way. There's loads of other ways of raising uh, funds, but what we also want to do is really raise awareness as well. So July uh, each year is something called Sarcoma Awareness Month. We'll be getting involved in social media and we'd love for you to support us with that as well. October is more specific, um, it's the Bone Cancer Awareness Week and we try and cover a series of articles and events during that week uh, from patients and health professionals whilst putting it on our website as well. I think the thing to say that is this is a small but mighty charity. We've raised a huge amount of money, £2.5 million over the last 10 years. We rely entirely on donations. Another really uh, interesting way that we are finding people attending to, to go with supporting us is to actually give, uh, make a pledge, give a, a monthly donation of whatever you can afford and, and I really mean from as little to as much as you, 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 can, you can, would like to give to us. Um, so again, just email me, that's rnoh 
www.scat at nhs.net. Obviously, there's Facebook, which I a very easy way to keep abreast of what we're doing. That's at Scat Bone Cancer Trust. And more recently, we've taken to Instagram, which is scat underscore bone underscore cancer underscore trust. And we try and put up pictures there quite frequently. And it's just a really good way of, of keeping involved in what we're doing. So we're coming to the end of our programme. I hope you've enjoyed listening. I've certainly enjoyed putting this together. You've been listening to the SCT Hour on Radio Broccoli. Stay tuned throughout the week to listen to more content and programmes. You can find out more on our website, scatboncancertrust.com and find more programmes on radiobroccoli.org. If you haven't liked any of the songs I've played today and would like to request your own, you can contact us via the Patient Entertainment System or on extension 5483. The next track we're going to listen to is one of my own personal, from my own personal choice. So I feel very lucky that I work for this great charity um, and I, I do it part time. So for the rest of the week, I can be found with my two young girls, my two children, often driving around to various different classes and God knows what else they've got. And we will be singing our hearts out to this track, Dancing in the Car. It's Strangers by Siegfried. I hope you enjoy it.